What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Brutally Unfiltered. I hope you guys had a great 4th of July. Mine was literally so uneventful. I didn't do anything. I went to work. Yeah, I guess I'm just really trying to get that money. I don't know <laughs> why else. Also, because like America do be sucking a little bit right now. Yeah, I'm just not feeling the pride for our country or the excitement for America's birthday. So my bad. Um, but yeah, honestly, my week has not, not been anything wild. I've literally done nothing except go to work and my internship, which I guess is fun. I don't know. I'm being a girl boss, I guess. And the gym and the gym. You guys, actually, that brings up something really, really concerning. You guys, I'm going to the gym on Friday nights. <laughs> like, what? That is some down horrendous behavior. At this point, like, that's my that's my dating market because at least if he's out the gym on Friday nights, then I know he's not trying to get at other biddies. But also that's a lie because all men do is lie and cheat. So what am I even saying? <laughs> but I hope you guys had a good week. I hope you are winding down as it's Sunday. Also, I can't believe it's already July, you guys. This summer is going by so fast yet so so slow at the same time. Like I'm like, "Oh shit, it's July." But at the same time, I'm like, "Oh, but it's only July 10th, you know?" So, I'm just trying to pace myself because I do I am going back to school in the fall, so not excited about that, but it's fine. You guys, I cannot even withhold <laughs> how bad I want to laugh because, okay, first of all, I'm recording and my dog is with me again. And she keeps giving me this like side eye every time I talk or like there's a slightly like higher, not higher pitch, but like excitement in my voice. Like she's probably like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Like no one cares, but it's okay because Luna, that's her name. That's my dog's name. She loves me. So it's fine. But what I was going to tell you guys is you are not going to believe what happened to me. Actually, a lot of things have happened to me in the past couple of weeks. Actually, more like two. Yeah, two weeks. They've all just been condensed together. And it's a little bit overwhelming as someone whose social life is zero to none. So I was like, oh my God. But it was kind of nice because I was getting bored anyway. So it worked out. But it made me think to myself, should he ask to kiss you? Should a guy ask if he can kiss you? <laughs> I don't know. So I have mixed reviews because I think my experience was shit. <laughs> but I think it could have been hot. <laughs> I think mans just didn't know how to do it. Okay, so I think you can ask a girl to kiss you, but it all depends on how you do it. Because let me tell you guys my story time. Okay. <laughs> This is so not it. But okay, so basically, I'm on the beach with homeboy. We're just chilling, vibing, talking. Um, and he goes in for the kiss. And so I like swerved him. I know, I know. Let's not even talk about red flag number one. I mean, I need to stop. But anyway, so I swerved him and then we started talking about the fact that I swerved him basically. 
And so then, anyways, that, like, we end up talking about other stuff, and, like, we just return back to normal conversation, and I just pray to God that he doesn't do anything else stupid, and I pretend like that never happened, because I'm like, okay, fine, we all have awkward, embarrassing moments, I'm also a bitch, I shouldn't have swerved him, well, I mean, I can do whatever I want, but I could have swerved him a lot more gently, not fucking yeet my head back, like, I'm about to be stabbed in the throat, but anyways, so that whole situation happens. We go back to talking, normal conversation. Anyways, then now we're on a completely different topic, but it's still like slightly related to that. And homeboy literally says, and I quote, so if I tried to kiss you right now, would you kiss me? And I was like, (laughs) I like threw up in my mouth because that just was not how I wanted. Well, first of all, I don't even think I wanted to mac on sir, but if I did, that like my boner literally no, gone. <laughs> Dick soft because it just wasn't like appealing, it wasn't attractive, it wasn't hot and I just felt very awkward like he blatantly was like, "Can I kiss you?" like but not even like in a hot way. It was just like weird you know but then that made me think that it could have been hot like I think it's all about how and when the other person says it whether it's like a guy or girl whatever you're into we support everyone here um but however that person asks like I think that determines whether or not it's like hot or not you know it's like all circumstantial because I feel like asking has a really really good chance and potential of like turning off the other person that's being asked but I feel like if you ask about it correctly like it's not cringe like imagine if he like like no see in my head this is how I think it could be hot Like, obviously, like, if you're on a date or something or you're hanging out with someone and, like, you know, the vibes and energy are good, obviously read the fucking room because some people don't know how to do that. And it's honestly quite concerning because, like, what in God's name made you think I wanted to stick my tongue down your throat right now? Because, Bessie, we need to reevaluate. We need to backtrack. Let's think about all our decisions. Let's think about what got us to this moment here. And really sit on that because I'm embarrassed for you, you know? So I feel like if the date or the hangout is going good, the vibes are good, you're reading the room, and, like, she's sending signals. You know, girls, you know we send signals um, to other girls or other guys, whoever we're into. So I just feel like don't be fucking dumb. If I'm not sending signals, don't fucking ask me, can I kiss you? Because guess what? The answer is going to be, como se dice, no. And oh, sir. But I feel like if the vibes are good and then like we're just like talking or something, then if he goes like, um, if he were to say like in a really hot, like sassy voice, like, can I kiss you? Like looking deep into my soul and like his hands have the right placement, then I'd probably be like, yeah. <laughs> or like, Yeah, I don't know how I would say it. I guess I'd have to figure that out in that moment. But probably just a simple yes or yeah. Actually, probably, what what the fuck sounds better? Yes? Yeah? Yeah sounds kind of like nonchalant. Like, yeah, sure, why not? I like blueberries. But yes is like, yes, I love waffles. (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. The I'm not sure how I would react, but I feel like that would be hot if it's like in the moment, like clearly I'm really into this guy and I really want him to kiss me, but I'm not going to make the first move because that's just not my cup of tea. Actually, sometimes it is, but mostly not. Um, and then just like him asking, that could be kind of hot, but then maybe not. Again, circumstantial. But my conclusion is he can. No, I don't want him to necessarily because like it's not like if he just kissed me I'd be like get the hell away from me but I might swerve him like I did with this other kid because I didn't want to so it's like you don't have to ask me like you'll know if I want to or not um but I feel like if you ask it might even be a turn on like it depends how you do it because like consent is low-key hot I'm what what did what sentence just came out of my mouth I'm sorry consent is hot um not low-key but like you know what I mean like obviously every everything you do should be consensual between you and another person just for clarification you should never be doing anything you don't feel comfortable doing or anything you don't want to do just because you think the other person wants you to do it or because you feel obligated. If you feel any sort of obligation or force to do anything, then you're not consenting. That's just the truth. And maybe that's a hard pill to swallow. But that consent is an excited yes, uh, you know, and consent can change at any point throughout the night, throughout the date, throughout sex, whatever the case is. Okay. Just for clarification. But anyways, back to my point is that like, I just feel like not that I was trying to say that consent isn't hot, but what I mean is like when someone genuinely cares about making sure that you're like comfortable in, um, in, in like a sexual interaction or even just like a kiss or like whatever the case is like that to me is attractive because then I clearly know that they don't just care about themselves and like selfishly, like making sure only they get satisfied or pleased out of whatever it is that is going on so that's what I mean by it's like low-key hot is that like it makes me I guess it makes me feel validated as a person knowing that the other person also cares about my feelings and emotions throughout the thing not that they have to be ready to get on a knee and put a ring on it but just like the mutual respect is there so yeah so I've been seeing this trend on TikTok it's called like relationship or like the relationship rules or something and basically people like go down a list of like a bunch of different things that you could like essentially establish as rules with your partner based on a topic so I'm just gonna go down the list and give my opinion as a virgin girlfriend because I've never had a boyfriend and at this point like it is a personality trait. I'm sorry. I don't even care. Come for me. Um, but yeah, I thought it'd be kind of fun because I genuinely have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about because I've never had a boyfriend. So I've never had to establish these rules. And quite frankly, it'd probably stress me out in the moment just because like, I don't like making people feel like I'm dictating what they do. Cause at the end of the day, like everyone's their own person. And I'm a strong believer that like relationships are like two people pairing together, not two people like making a hole, you know, like it's not two halves making a hole. I think it's two holes making a bigger hole, if that makes sense, which is why I think these like rules can become very like, very much like gray instead of just black and white, because there's so many circumstances added to it. And like the type of person you're dating, and maybe their history and your history, because like, obviously, if you have trust issues or bad experiences, that's going to dictate how you like move forward, which I think is 
obviously understood by a lot of people, but I, I think it's also disregarded to a certain extent um, because people want to say like, oh, like your past experience shouldn't define the way you move, which is true. You shouldn't let like previous traumas or hardships or experiences that were negative um, dictate how you engage in new experiences that have a similar sort of context. But I also think it's important to note why people do that, obviously, because they don't want that same thing to happen to them again. But anyways, that is not what I'm talking about. So the first one is location. The thing is, um, okay, so all my friends have my location, at least like all my really close friends. And some people still have my location that like I'm not that close to anymore, but I don't think that's weird. Because I, I feel like I feel like location is only, like, scary or, like, you wouldn't want someone to have it if it's either, like, A, you're hiding something or B, um, that person is, like, obsessive. So I personally, like, never really do anything. Like, the things I do, the only person I would, like, try and hide them from or, like, keep them from are, like, maybe my parents um, which neither of my parents have my location. I think my mom does. I'm not even sure because I have her location, but I don't know if I gave her mine. I- I'm not sure of the logistics, but me and my mom are really close. So yeah, there's that. Like, obviously, like that's, those are the only people I'd intentionally try and like be low key about things about like I might say I'm going out but maybe I'm not going out with a lot of people and maybe I'm just going out with a man just kidding that doesn't happen but like that would be the only reason why I wouldn't want them having my location but as far as like my boyfriend or girlfriend I don't know I mean I do know I identify as straight so it'd only be boyfriend but I don't want to like disinclude other people so whatever the case is whoever your partner is boy girl non-binary, whatever the case is, I just feel like whoever I'm in a relationship with, I would feel comfortable with them having my location until they give me a reason to not feel comfortable with them having my location. Meaning if they're like being super obsessive and like blowing up my phone every time I'm in a spot they don't know or things like that. Like it's one thing to be like, hey babe, like I saw you were at XYZ place and I've never seen you there before. Like um, you know, what's that about? Like, that's fine. Like, I'd be like, oh, it's this place or it's like this person's house. Like, this is what I was doing. I can understand the need to like, know that maybe. But if it's like, babe, like you said, you were going to Target and now you're at freaking Best Buy. Like, what are you doing there? Like, that's a little too much. And I don't think I would like that because like, not even my parents have my location. So like, you need to relax. You're not my dad. Um, but other than that, I feel like I'd be fine. I don't know if I would want my partner's location though. I think I'm okay with my partner having my location, but I don't think I want my partner's location. Cause I'm a very big, like, um, what you don't know can't hurt you type of person. So like, I feel like, yeah, like true. He could be cheating on me, but that's like a preconception I already have. So I'd already be on the freaking like fence about that. But I just feel like I wouldn't want to know. Like, I want some mystery to my boyfriend or, like, yeah, my partner in the sense that, like, you know, when I ask him about his day, I don't want to have already known, like, through his location, like, oh, yeah, he was here, then here, then there. Like, I just want to be like, oh, like, what'd you do today? And then, like, he can tell me versus me, like, looking it up myself. Obviously, if it's, like, a safety concern, like, maybe he's going out or something or going on a trip or I don't know, like, something, like extraneous like that then yeah I probably would want his location just to make sure he's okay 
but on a regular day-to-day basis, I don't think so. Like, I'm fine with him having mine, but I don't think I want his. And I don't know if that'd be, like, weird for my partner that I don't want their location because maybe it comes off like I don't care. But I don't think it's that. I think it's that I care to hear it from him rather than to, like, go through my own means of finding out. And also, I just feel like it would lead to, like, compulsive obsessiveness because, like, some people I know like check locations all the time and I just think that's kind of weird. But like maybe that's just me and that's just my opinion. Well, I mean it is just me and that's my opinion. So, lol. Okay, the next one is passwords. Um absolutely not. Like I think that's weird. Like you can have like the password to my phone, I guess. I don't really know like why you would need it. Um cuz I just feel like if you want to like if my partner wants to look at my phone, first of all, like it depends on what the context of that is, you know, like, I I think it would depend on exactly what it is. But I don't think you need like my social media passwords. Like, that's just really unnecessary. Like, what do you need? I, I don't know. I think that's weird. Like, if you need to access like my Instagram or Snapchat or some whatever the case is, like for whatever weird reason, like, I mean, you could do it through my phone. I just don't see why you would need to have that information. And I don't see why I would need my boyfriend's password or anything like that. And same thing, like, I wouldn't want his password to his phone. Like, I just think that's, like, again, like, a little obsessive. But that's just my opinion. Again, I've never had a boyfriend. So this could totally change once I'm in a relationship, if I'm ever in a relationship. Um, But as of right now, like, I just feel like I don't like that. And that makes me uncomfortable because I feel like my privacy is being invaded. And it's not because I have anything to hide. I just feel like... Um, yeah, so there's just no need for that. Um, but if my partner like was like, oh, like if they like made a good case as to why they need like my phone password and like I could understand where they're coming from or like they genuinely like the reason for them needing my password is a valid one. Like maybe we could establish some sort of boundary or something But I just feel like off the bat, I wouldn't just be whipping out all my passwords. I mean, like, okay, babe, now that we're dating, here's the password to my phone. Here's my social security number. Like, no, that's just a little bit much to me. Okay, next one is height. So unfortunately, this is a make or break for me. I'm not that tall. I'm like 5'7", 5'8", on a good day, I guess. But um, it is. In the sense, it's like I've had my short king moments in the past. We were just talking about this last week. Like there seems to be a surplus because I only seem to attract those kind of men. I don't know why. Maybe it's like the men with mommy issues and they like that I'm taller than them and can like dominate them and they want me to play like dominatrix or some shit. But like I just can't do that. So you have to be taller than me for sure. Or like I will not, if you're shorter than me, you're automatically only platonically viewed in my eyes basically like yeah I might think you're cute and like maybe I'll give you a smooch or two because like friends kiss so it's fine but like I would never ever like actually entertain it like on a serious note to begin with that's like in a in inimaginable to me because like again I've never had a boyfriend so it just sounds the idea of having like boyfriend is just weird to me um I don't think it's unattainable I just it kind of freaks me out it's like uncharted territory type thing so there's that but then also just because like I'm not gonna date someone shorter than me and maybe that's a dickhead comment but like I stand by that like I've waited out this long 21 years my life I can wait longer if that means I wait for my tall dark handsome man 
But um, yeah, you need to be taller than me. And like, I need to be able to wear my stompers. If I can't wear my platform docks, again, deleted. It's not even happening. I don't care. Those are like my fave. I love wearing them. I'm not a big heels girl. I mean, like if I'm going to Vegas or something like that, and like I have to, then I'll wear them. But like, I love stompers. I love platform shoes. So I just feel like I don't want, and honestly, like, it's not even like, oh, other people might think it's weird. I just don't want to like be making eye contact with my boyfriend. I want to be able to like look up because he's taller than me. If that's weird. I don't know. I don't think it's weird. So I feel like, let's see, I'm 5'8". Yeah, I mean, a 5'10 guy wouldn't be the end of the world because like, I've had really good friend who was 5'10 and she was like, not like drastically taller than me, obviously, because it's only like a couple inches, but tall enough where it was like a difference. So I feel like 5'10 and up. But if like a six foot, like tall man was like, hey, let me holla at you, then like, hell yeah, hell to the freak. Yeah, because like, can you imagine? That'd be so cute. Well, okay, I don't know. But yeah, but then the thing is, like, he could be tall and not handsome. Like, he could be tall and dark, but not handsome. But honestly, I'd take a mid-tall guy over a hot short guy. 100%. 100%. Okay, girl best friends. Yeesh. Y'all already know how I feel about this. I obviously have the preconception belief or hill that I die on that I don't think any guy isn't friends with a girl that he either doesn't find attractive or that he wouldn't like bang given the opportunity so no (laughs) especially if you get because all my history with like guy friends has never ended in any other way that no yeah no Every guy friend I've had in my life, it's happened. And every girl I know, for the most part, have all been hit with the, can I, I need to tell you something. Or the, yeah, this girl I really like, she's really cool. Like, you know her. Like, shut up. No one asked you. Um, But yeah, so it's an automatic no. I feel like this is not an insecure thing. This is not me seeing competition. Because I feel like the only reason to feel like you have competition is if you think someone can actually beat you or take your place. And quite frankly, like everyone's so different that no one is replaceable. So I'm not replaceable and neither is his girl best friend. Like, you know, But I just feel like as that person's partner, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that just because I am a firm believer of intentions and sometimes intentions can be deceiving and some people can say they are trying to do one thing but are doing the complete opposite and moving with malicious energy. So it's not to say his girl best friend is a bad person or that he is going to be a bad person and cheat on me. I just wouldn't want to put myself in a position where that is a possibility. Now, that doesn't mean I don't want him having a girl best friend, period. I think that's okay um, because I don't think it's fair for me to come into someone's life and then dictate like what kind of friendships they're allowed to have and what kind of friendships they're not allowed to have and who they can be friends with and who they can't be in the same way that I wouldn't want them to do that to me. 
Um, but I feel like there would definitely be a lot of boundaries established. Like I wouldn't want my boyfriend hanging out with his girl, best friend one-on-one. Um, I think you can call and text. That's fine. And hang out in group settings. I don't think that's weird. Um, but I just don't understand why you guys would be hanging out one-on-one, you know, like I understand like friendships and relationships are built on quality time spent together. But I feel like if your relationship was already very strong and very consistent prior to me coming into your life, and especially if you guys are considering each other best friends, then I feel like that relationship can continue with everything else, but the alone quality time, because I just feel like I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. Um, and again, it's not an insecurity thing because I'm sure the girl best friend is a great person and she obviously plays a major role in my partner's life, um, as a friend and obviously a support system, but I just wouldn't feel comfortable with that. So they can definitely still have girl best friends, but I don't know, you know, I just don't want them to kind of like be, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like I said what I need to say. Um, as far as like their friends, I would hope I get along with my guy's friends or like my partner's friends. Um, yeah, I definitely want to get along with my boyfriend's friends, but it's not like a make or break. Like at the end of the day, like my boyfriend's friends didn't like choose, you know, his girlfriend. So if they don't really fuck with me, like obviously I'm going to keep it respectful and coexist, but it's not going to be like a make or break deal for me unless it's like concerning why they don't fuck with me or like it's like a respect thing, you know? Okay. The next one is partying. Um, I don't really party a lot anymore. Like I go out every now and then. Um, so yeah, I'm just, if my parents let me go out, like my boyfriend's not going to be the one to keep me from going out. Like the only person that can say I can't go out is my dad. (laughs) And I would never not go out just because of my partner. Like quite frankly, I'd probably just break up with him and be like, okay, deuces. I'm going to have a go, like have a good time. Like you're crazy. Um, and I also wouldn't be one to stop them from going out either. I feel like, you know, we obviously have a relationship together, but I wouldn't want, my partner to disregard their own personal and social life for me. Like I wouldn't want them to like every Friday and Saturday night be like, yeah, like fuck the boys. Like I'm just going to hang out with you. Like that is very sweet. And like, I'm appreciative of the fact that he wants to spend quality time with me. But I also think like down the road that could be very, um, very difficult because obviously if he's completely disregarding his friends and social life, then like in the case that we do break up, like what then? Or in the case that like I'm out for a weekend, like what then? You know, like I don't want like my boyfriend only hitting up his friends or only going out when I'm not there or when I say it's okay. Like I just think that's dumb. So I would definitely want him to still keep up with his social and like personal life and like go out and do his own thing. Um, I would really appreciate if like when he does want to go out, like if it's like a boys night, like do your thing. Like everyone needs a break from everyone. And I wouldn't want to be the person that's like, I want to come too because that's just not my vibe. Um, but if it's like a big social group gathering, if it's like a birthday or something like that, and he's like, Oh, like, babe, like you should come like stuff like that, then yeah, definitely. I'll be there. Obviously, I want to establish good relationships with the people who are important to him. So again, that only happens through quality time. But 
Yeah, and same thing for me. Like, if I if there's a function I can invite him to, then I will. But also, I'm not going to let him, like, be at everything. Like, I'm not going to be the bitch that brings her boyfriend to everything or ask if her boyfriend can be a plus one because I just think that's annoying. Like, I don't judge people who do that, but that's just, like, not my vibe because I'm like, ooh. Yeah. The next one is nicknames. Um, ooh, I don't know about that because I find it cute. Or, like, I like it when, like, certain people have, like, a nickname for me. Like, some of my friends call me, like, certain things. But I don't know if I – like, by nickname, I'm curious as to, like, is this, like, babe, babe, like, mamas, like, shit like that? Or is this, like, nicknames of my name? Or, like, like, I don't know. Because mm, I like have a lot of nicknames like my little brother. I literally call him Bubba and stuff like that So it's just like and like my friends like for the most part like I don't say their full name Um I have like some other name I call him. I guess i'd be fine with it as long as like it's not cringe Like I don't want no baby talking nickname or something stupid like that's just gonna like annoy me um, but if it's, like, cute and simple or, like, whatever, it's, like, an endearing thing, like, then, yeah, that's fine. I don't really care. I'd probably come up with something for him. So I feel like, yeah, I, I don't care about that. Um, contact with exes. Ugh, I don't know. See, the thing is right now, like, again, I've never had a boyfriend, so I don't really know how I would feel about that. But I feel like it's kind of, like, the same thing as, like, the girl best friend, like, but like slightly different. I just feel like if you guys broke up, I think you can have a positive end to a relationship or friendship. So I think like someone can still be on good terms with their ex, but I don't think that means like you guys need to be like talking on a consistent basis. Like at that point, like you're practically still kind of dating without the title because you guys are both still, I mean, like the love and care that you have for someone doesn't just disappear overnight. So I feel like if you're still talking to your ex, like, I don't know how I would feel about that. I don't, I don't think I would, I don't think I'd be a fan of it. That's for sure. I don't know how extremely like upsetting it would be for me or like how much it would like kind of like irk me. But I definitely think it, like I said, it would make me feel some type of way. I'm not really sure what exactly I would do or like what my response would be. But definitely, like I said, I would definitely, there would have to be some sort of boundary with that. Because again, I'm not trying to dictate who you can and can't talk to. But I just feel like that's weird. Like, why are you talking to your, why are you talking to someone that you've seen naked multiple times and also low-key been in love with? That's just weird. Like, I, again, I've never had an ex, but like, if I did, I think I would end things on a positive note. But I'm a very, like, I don't know, like, coexisting type of person. Like, we can coexist, but I'm not going to do, like, all the extra shit. Like, I don't feel the need to, like, talk to you or, like, keep up with you or check in with you, if that makes sense. So I would just think it's weird that, um, yeah, that you're keeping up with your ex like that. I don't know. I, yeah, that's just, like, some weirdo shit. Like, I, I don't like that. I'm not sure what exactly my response would be, but I would definitely be like, mm, no me gusta. <laughs> Um, the next one is paying. Um, hmm. Okay. Well, I think, hmm. Okay. Wow. Okay. This might sound like sexist and, you know, it 
I at least I'm acknowledging that. But I think if when you first start seeing someone, if the guy's the one taking the girl out or whatever, the person who asks the other person to go out should be the one that pays. If the intentions behind the dinner or the hangout are a date. Like if you invite me to go get dinner somewhere and your intentions are to like get to know me in a like romantic sense, like non-platonically, then I think you should pay because when if I were to go out with a guy and he paid, then I feel like I feel like I would be like, oh, okay, this is a date. Like when the bill comes, if he pays for it, I'd be like, okay, that was definitely a date. And then I can decide how I feel about that in that moment, either being like, oh, which I have done in the past before being like, oh, like how much was mine? And then like paying for it because I want to clarify to him, like, this is not a date. If I'm paying for my shit, this is literally a hangout between two platonic friends or times where I've been like, okay, like it's fine, you know, because I'm like, actually, I've only done that once. And it was, yeah, whatever. But, um, but in that case, I, it, in, for me, that's me communicating like, okay, I acknowledge what this is. So go ahead and like pay for it. And I feel like the first couple of times, like maybe the person who is being asked shouldn't pay regardless of it's guy or girl, because they're not the ones like instigating or like the ones planning the hangout or thing. But I think after that, once it starts getting like a little bit more serious, or maybe like once you guys are both like mutually discussing like, okay, like we're interested in each other and like we want to get to know each other. I don't think there's anything wrong with like either party paying, like do what you want. I think once you're in a relationship, like I don't think I would mind paying for my boyfriend's like food or like buying him shit that he needs. Like if he's like, oh, babe, like I ran out of like shaving cream or some dumb shit like that. Or like, I need this. Can you like go grab it from the store? Like, I wouldn't mind paying for things like that. Or if we go out and I'm like, oh, like tonight's on me, like things like that, like I wouldn't mind. But I also think there needs to be a balance. Like one partner shouldn't be carrying more of the weight unless there is like a drastic like financial income discrepancy like if one partner makes like 10 times more than the other person then I think that also needs to be taken into consideration because obviously one person in the relationship is a lot more financially and economically like stable in comparison to like the other person who like paying for a dinner out it might cause them to be a little bit tighter on money but again like I said like finding that balance and like talking about it I feel like again I wouldn't mind paying for my partner and I would hope my partner doesn't mind paying for me because otherwise I wouldn't be my partner. LOL. <laughs> okay. And the last one is posting me. I, this is going to be an unpopular opinion and yeah, like I, yeah, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to be the bitch that's going to be like, post me, post me. Why haven't you posted me? Like, why don't you ever post me? Like, at the end of the day, a man's going to do what he wants to do and he's not going to do what he doesn't want to do. So if my boyfriend or the guy I'm talking to, actually, no, if my boyfriend isn't like posting me, I'm not going to throw a bitch fit, but I'm definitely going to like, that shit's going to be noted. Like, I'm going to remember that. So I feel like, in the grand scheme of things, I'd probably say something. But if it's like early on in the relationship and it's like still, you know, like new and fresh and he's not blowing up his social media with me, 
I don't think I'm going to really care because I don't think I'd, I'd blow up my social media when everything first starts happening. And quite frankly, I do believe it, believe in the like soft launch of a relationship on social media. Cause first of all, I feel like the people who are closest to me and the people who I genuinely care about and people who I want to share my life with, if I'm dating someone, they're already going to know even before I was actually dating this person. They're going to know who this person is. So I feel like at that point, like I wouldn't really care about social media because like the people closest to me know who my partner is. So if anything shady is going on, like, and they like peep it, obviously they'll be aware of the context of like, okay, that's Jessica's boyfriend. Like that's a little bit fucking weird. And tell me in the same way that I would hope his friends also know about me. And, you know, so like, I just feel like early on in the relationship, I wouldn't post my partner. So if I'm not going to do something, I can't expect someone else to do it. You know, if I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to make my partner do it. But I feel like later on in the relationship, like, yeah, like every now and then, like, we'll like maybe post a picture together or like, you'll see him on my snap or like, whatever, things like that. But I don't think it's, I also don't think it's healthy for like, every like, thing to be all about your relationship like I know a lot of people who once they get into a relationship like that's their personality trait like their boyfriend and in my opinion I think that's cringe and also like a disservice to like oneself because like even in a relationship like I'm still my own person like I was saying early on so I feel like to think that the only thing worth sharing or the only interesting thing about me is my boyfriend is just kind of like lame. Like that's for weirdos. And I, again, like, yes, I'll post them on my social media. Yes. People will be aware that like I'm in a relationship. That's not something I'm trying to keep from the public, obviously. Um, or like try and pretend like I don't have a boyfriend, but I don't see the need to like constantly be reminding people via social media like don't forget I have a boyfriend and this is him like if I'm posting something it's gonna be because I want to post it not because I think like the world needs to know I have a boyfriend or I need to remind certain people like at the end of the day what's gonna happen is what's gonna happen whether or not I post him if he's gonna cheat on me he's gonna cheat on me If other girls are going to slide into his DMs, other girls are going to slide into his DMs. Like I can only control my half of the relationship and that's how I would feel about it. And I feel like, again, this is a conversation I'd have with my partner to clarify so that there's like no insecurity as to why like I'm not posting or why I am posting, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, those are my relationship rules. (laughs) I hope they weren't like unhealthy I don't know I've never had a boyfriend you guys so I don't really know what I'm talking about but go and obviously my opinion could change now two weeks from now when I actually do have a boyfriend like obviously all that shit can be different but as of right now that's how I feel so (laughs) should your mans tell you about every girl he's fucked (laughs) no Again, what you know can't hurt you. Okay, I don't want to know. I don't want to know if you banged Sarah, Becky, Catherine, and your church school teacher. I just don't. I'm sorry. I, I can't. I feel like, okay, I feel like disclosure should only happen if it's absolutely necessary. Like, uh, if my boyfriend asked me about every person I've smushed, um... I'd be like, okay, 
these are the ones, you know, if he really cared that much, which I don't think, I don't know, maybe guys, guy, every guy is different, but I feel like guys wouldn't want to know because like, I don't know, but also guys aren't weird about those things. Like, you know, guys be dabbing each other up when they realize like they've slept with the same girl. So again, I don't know what a guy's perspective would be on this, but I feel like I wouldn't want to know because like I just don't feel the need to know like if this like Becky girl he like you know had a thing with her in high school like I don't need to know that I don't care about Becky from high school you know and again like what you know can't hurt you very much like I don't need to know about that I don't need to know about Becky and so like I just feel like that's unnecessary but I do think it's circumstantial. Again, that's what I say about everything. Goddamn. But I think like, okay, it, these are like the three biggest questions I would ask. And then based on the answer to these questions, like that would determine whether or not I want to know like their history or like know all the girls he's fucked like before me is if one, I know them. Do I know this person personally? Like actually two, do like, does my partner still have a relationship with said person? And three, like, what is that girl's, like, approach or interaction with him? Like, I'm going on a girl-boy basis because that's how I identify. But obviously, based on how you identify, like, that could change, like, what gender we're talking about. But in my case, like, I don't want – I do not want to know what girls he's had sex with unless I know them. He still has a relationship with them. And if their, like, interactions are a little suspect. And by that I mean, like, they're more than just to, like, dab up and, like, a hey, you know? Because for me personally, I'm thinking about, like, the people, like, I've smushed. And I only genuinely, like, am still cool and, like, see on a consistent basis. Or not a consistent basis, but often is, like, to of them. Let me think. Yeah. And one of them I probably won't be seeing anymore in general, just like in social settings. And even when I did see him in social settings, I wouldn't even speak a word to him because I can't stand him. And the second one, we're actually really cool. I we're friends, but it's like nothing like there's nothing there. So I feel like in that case, I would only tell him about the second one. Like, hey, like this is blank person. Like this is what happened. But like it's nothing now. Um, and like it's nothing you should be worried about. Because I do think like I would feel uncomfortable with my boyfriend being around him if he didn't know the context or the history. Not that there is much to it. But I just feel like if I was in his shoes, like I would want to know. Because like I'd be dabbing up the guy that's literally – I mean the girl that's literally – helped my boyfriend put it back in. So like, <laughs> I don't know how I would feel about that. Like I would want to know, you know? So yeah, if my boyfriend still knows them, but like has no relationship with them, like me with the one guy, um, then I wouldn't care. Cause like you don't talk to them. So I'll probably never see them when I'm with you. So why do I give a flying F? Um, but if he does still know them and still talk to them, like I do with the second guy, then yeah, I want to know, like, I don't need a full play by play of every time you guys fucked and what you did, but I definitely would want to know like, Hey, like this is what, what was the name I said earlier? Like Beth or whatever. This is Beth. Like, Oh, I said Becky. I think I don't even remember. Okay. This is Becky. Like we used to like hook up and like, we kind of were like together for like 
three months, but like it's, it didn't go anywhere. Like whatever. It's like done. We're cool, but we're not like friends or anything. Okay, cool. Now I have like a good understanding of what their relationship was and what their current relationship is. And then I can like comfortably like you know, talk to her in the sense of like, I can say hi. And I know like the context, it's not like it's going to catch me by surprise. Or like someone's going to tell me later on like, Oh my God, did you know that Becky and like your boyfriend used to hook up? Like, I do not want to be blindsided by some bitch telling me that my boyfriend used to fuck this one girl. Like, I feel like that would rub me the wrong way. Because I'd be like, why didn't you just tell me to begin with? Um, Yeah, that's just weird. And then Especially, like I said, if he, st- if he still has a relationship with them, like if his relationship is very much just like a dab up type of thing, then like, oh, that's not really, that's just like being polite and coexisting. Like, yeah, let me dab you up. Cool, whatever. But if it's like, oh, I still hang out with them. I still go out with them. Like we're in the same friend group, things like that. Then again, I definitely want to know because we're going to be around them in social settings. And I, again, like I said, I don't want to be blindsided by someone else telling me Because then I will be kind of like, well, that's a little sus because why didn't you just tell me to begin with? And then I think the most important is like taking note of what that said girl's interaction and approach is with my boyfriend. Like if this girl's coming up like guns blazing very much like, oh my God, like, hi, like, how are you? Like, I haven't seen you in so long. Like, give me a hug. Like some dumb shit like that. Yeah, that's gonna make me mad. Like, or maybe not mad, but it's definitely not going to rub me the right way. And it's, yeah, no, I just feel like that would be a total no-go for me. But if it's very much like, oh, hey, like, what's up? Like, she says hi to me, like, acknowledges my existence, whatever. And it's very much like, kumbaya, okay, bye-bye. Then I'm not going to have any issues. Like, people have their own history before people. So I don't expect my boyfriend to be like a nun and obviously not have slept with anyone or like never, you know, had his own experiences. But I also don't want to feel like I'm being like, you know, like there's like some shady shit going on. And I'm being like dogged out in front of my own boyfriend. And like, I have no idea because I don't know that he's like slept with this girl and they have like a history, you know. So I feel like it all comes down to like, the person and my relationship to them the person's relationship to my boyfriend and the way they interact with my boyfriend and me. Like if they're on some weirdo shit of like trying to be like, Oh my God, hi, like whatever. And like trying to talk to my boyfriend and like acting like I'm not even there, just being like blatantly disrespectful. Then yeah, I'm not really going to fuck with that. But if it's just like some girl who's like cool, like dabs him up again, like I said, very much like, hi, like whatever. Nice to meet you. My boyfriend like introduces us. It's cool. Then like, again, no bad vibes. Like everyone has their own life and experiences. And so that's fine. But I just yeah, that that's my tea. So I don't think I should know about every girl he's fucked. But I think I should know about the ones that are either gonna be consistently in our social or like, like going out lives, or people that are still actively a part of his life in like, an important way. Like obviously, someone who he just dabs up at a party is nothing crazy. So you could just be like, Oh, yeah, like, by the way, like, that's this girl, like, this is what we used to have, or like, this is what we used to do, whatever. But like, it's nothing now. I'd be like, okay, cool. Thanks for letting me know. But if it's like some girl, he's never going to see, like, I don't need to know about that, because it's just not relevant. So like, why do I care? You know, so I feel like if we're at a function, and he knows like girls that he's like, banged are going to be there. um, I don't think I need to know. But like, if she's doing some weird, weird things, like, 
like I said, like coming up all weirdo and like just being a freak, then I think he should like, uh, like we walk away type thing. Like, and then he should tell me like, oh yeah, by the way, like this is this person. Like, I don't know. She's being a weirdo probably cause you're here, blah, 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 or whatever the case is. And then like, we can like move accordingly based on that. So that's my tea. <laughs> Okay, guys, now we're actually going to get serious and talk about today's topic, which is honestly something that I hold really near and dear in my heart because I feel like this is something that we all struggle with, but I don't think it gets the attention or acknowledgement it deserves at times because once I talk about it, you'll understand. But because as a society, sometimes we forget that both the one who had the wrongdoing done to them and the wrongdoer need compassion. Um, And so today we're talking about when you're the villain. Okay. I know there's a lot of jokes, especially on TikTok and social media about like entering your villain era and stuff like that, which is totally valid. Um, if you don't really understand that like concept, basically like your villain era is supposed to be the era where you kind of like start establishing boundaries. You don't let people walk all over you having self-respect, like all these other things, but that's not the kind of villain I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking about, you know, genuinely like think about in a movie or film or a show the villain is the person who is you know the antagonist the person we don't like the person that the film is purposefully painting in the worst light possible right um the villain is the person we grow to dislike and grow to hate for their selfishness or their destruction or their complete lack of of regard for anyone's emotions or collateral damage. But I want to talk about the fact that a lot of times we we are the villain or we are painted as the villain and that can be really hard. Um, and I think a really good example that I always think of is Jordan Woods. And, you know, she fucked up she made a mistake. And unfortunately, it happened to be in the public eye. And she was completely ostracized for that mistake. I mean, completely annihilated, not just verbally, but blatantly to her face. I mean, this girl could not step out anywhere without cameras everywhere and people yelling horrible things at her. And I'm sure people we're sending her horrible threats and DMs and comments. And I mean, it was just horrendous. Like, I don't know what that must have felt like, but it was probably the shittiest feeling ever. I mean, to think that everyone hates you for a mistake that you made. And in her case, obviously, there were a lot of complexities to it. Obviously, her relationship with the Kardashians the Kardashians relationship with Tristan Thompson and all those things. And there were a lot of different factors to it. That's kind of sort of enlarged that very small, minute mistake, like a kiss. Um, But yeah, I feel like there's a lot to take away from Jordan's experience. And I was really, really 
just kind of shocked that um, she's even come out with a boyfriend now and she's completely like changed her life. I mean, she's doing great now or at least, you know, from what I can perceive because I don't know her personally, but she seems to be doing fine. I mean, she has a new relationship. She's obviously elevated in her life. I mean, after all that, that happened, all I can do is obviously be happy that she kind of found the light at the end of the tunnel and figured out her life. But even when this whole situation was occurring, and perhaps it's, I do it to a fault, but a lot of times I've always had this habit of trying to understand why people do things. And I'm a firm believer that there aren't bad people I think bad experiences and traumatizing events sometimes make people act out in bad ways that aren't necessarily a reflection of their character, but maybe their experience in life. And so I don't think like what Jordan did was malicious. I think it had a lot to do with what was going on with her internally. And I don't think it was necessarily her trying to hurt Chloe or the Kardashians or anyone's relationship, especially um, because she ended up jeopardizing her friendship with Kylie. I think it obviously had to do with something going on in her, whether that was an insecurity or, you know, an undealt with trauma or something that, you know, caused her to act out. But I think we failed her not only as a society, but especially as women um, for her mistake, which, you know, I could go on and talk about that for hours, but the reason I bring Jordan up is because, like I said, sometimes we are the villains. Sometimes we are the ones that commit the wrongdoing. We are the ones who hurt someone. We are the ones who, through our actions, through our words, cause pain on one party or multiple people, you know? And that can be really hard to take a moment to step back and say that you fucked up. And to acknowledge the repercussions of your choices and the consequences of the actions you chose to take. And I think the reason that it's so difficult to do that is because it's easy to be the one that gets fucked over. Because why? You're the victim. People ask you, are you okay? What can I do to help you? You are met with sympathy, compassion, support. You are the one who everyone says will get the happy ending, right? Because you are the one that got fucked up, fucked over. You're the victim. You're the one who's being put through it when you don't need to be. When you're the villain, well, you're the villain. Who is going to validate the person who made the mistake and did harm? No one. In fact, like Jordan and like so many other examples in media and entertainment and also in my own personal life, the person who is the villain gets completely alienated, gets completely like their character and the person they are gets destroyed, right? Because of whatever it is they've done. And given on what scale or how drastic the mistake was, it could be the end all be all for some relationships, for someone's reputation, um, for someone's career, all these things, right? And if you're the victim, it's a lot easier to cope with a situation or an experience because you have a lot of people that are rallying behind you, a lot of people pointing out all the ways that you are good and that you are perfect and how this isn't your fault and how, 
you know, this has nothing to do with you and everything to do with the other person, which is true. Um, but there's no one rallying behind the villain. And the people who are rallying behind the villain are also ostracized for being contributors to a person who doesn't deserve support, compassion, or empathy because of what they did, you know? And I'm talking about genuine mistakes here and honest wrongdoings. I'm not talking about things people maliciously do to hurt people, obviously. Um, But I think one of the most important things is acceptance. I think taking a moment to acknowledge what you did and what that caused is number one, important for one, self-growth, but two, also important because you have to accept that you are the villain sometimes. And that can be difficult because you want to victimize yourself and you want to say, well, this and this and this is what caused me to do this. But sometimes you just need to say, I fucked up and this is what I did wrong. And in this case, I'm the bad guy. And that's it. Acknowledge what you did and accept it. Okay. Once you've accepted it, take a moment to take a deep breath. Because at this point, if you are the villain in a situation or you're the person that committed an error or made a mistake, then you are going to be your biggest and harshest critic and you need to stop. First of all, that's not going to fix anything. That's not going to magically undo what you did. That's not going to make everything go back to normal or make things go back to the way they were. And that's not going to mend any damage you may have caused. In fact, it's only causing more damage because now you're destroying yourself from within after you've already unfortunately hurt someone else. People will already be criticizing you for the mistake you made. People are already going to be making their own opinions based on whatever story or context they've heard. People are already going to be formulating the way they feel about you, the way they feel about any other people involved, and the way they feel about the whole situation. When in reality, none of us really have a right to formulate opinions on any situation that isn't one including ourselves. In the same way that we as a public had no right formulating our opinion on Jordan, on her relationship with Kylie, on her relationship with Chloe, on Chloe and Tristan's relationship, none of that was our business. But because it was so public, obviously everyone felt entitled to share their opinion, which is the unfortunate thing about the internet is everyone feels entitled to that. But in the same way, people in your private and personal life are going to feel entitled to make an opinion and to either be like, oh, I knew she was going to do that. I knew he was going to do that. Like, hello, did you not see all the warning signs? Or like, of course, it makes sense like that they're that type of person. Like all these things, all these comments. And if you're already getting all this shit from a bunch of other people, why would you further contribute to that? yourself. I think a lot of times it's easier to just egg on and to add on to what people are already saying. When you make a mistake, it's easier to be like, yeah, I fucking suck. I'm the worst. And to just wallow in the pain and the sadness and um, the heartbreak of the situation. And I think it's a lot more difficult to acknowledge what you did and move forward. 
take a moment to put yourself into shoes that aren't your own, okay? When your friend or someone that you really love or care about, when they make a mistake, your first response isn't you're a horrible person, you're a shitty individual who doesn't care about anyone else, you're selfish. Like those are not the first thoughts that come into your head. When someone that you love and care about makes a mistake, your first instinct is always to help them, not shame them. You meet them with compassion and love and support and remind them that you're only a human being. Everybody makes mistakes. The fact that you're upset about it shows that like, you know, like you find reasons to remind this person of why this one mistake, this one error doesn't define them, right? That one thing is not the end all be all for the type of person they are, the type of person that they will be. So you need to take a moment to put yourself in those shoes. It's easy to be a critic. It's easy to point out everything that's wrong, especially in a time where you feel like you have done the worst of the worst. It's a lot harder to acknowledge the situation, acknowledge what occurred, and to grow from it. I think one of the biggest things too that we as human beings and individuals make is that we continue to punish ourselves for the same mistake multiple times, you know? And that's just not healthy. If you made a mistake, punish yourself once and then move on. You can't just keep saying that you did something wrong and Every time reminding yourself and every time you remind yourself, you just punish yourself more and more and more. One, you're never going to grow from it or move on. And two, you're just causing yourself more pain because you're forcing yourself to one, relive the mistake that you made who knows how long ago. And two, reliving that same guilt and punishment and just all those negative emotions that you had when everything first happened. And that's not okay. You need to punish yourself once and that's it, okay? You can't continue to punish yourself and hope that in that same sort of life and mentality that you're also going to grow and move forward from said mistake. If you just continue to punish yourself about something, you're always going to be stuck in that time or era of your life when that mistake occurred because you're never going to outlive it. You're never going to outgrow it because it's constantly eating at you because you allow it to. Mistakes are all about perspective, okay? You can acknowledge that you did something wrong and still forgive yourself even if that wrongdoing or that mistake caused a lot of damage, a lot of pain to other people. No one's perfect, okay? Does that justify what you did? Of course not. And none of this podcast is justifying any mistake or any quote-unquote villain behavior. But the reality is sometimes we are the villain, like I said. And in order to progress and move forward as a person and grow from our mistakes, you have to acknowledge that and forgive yourself and do better. Because to stay in that rut of reminding yourself of what you did, who you hurt, and how you're never going to be better is doing nothing for anyone, nothing for you, nothing for the people you hurt, nothing. 
acknowledge your error and grow. Stop staying in this same boohoo, poor me, I'm a terrible person, I deserve nothing mindset. Realize what you did was wrong and move on. Is it going to be hard? Yeah, especially if you burn some bridges along the way. But in order to grow, you have to rebuild. And in order to rebuild, you have to start with yourself, okay? And if you're not willing to forgive yourself, then might I pose the action, why should anyone forgive you? Like, at that point, if you can't forgive yourself, why should anyone else forgive you for what you did? Why should anyone forgive you for the actions you took, for the things you said, and the things you did? If you can't even forgive yourself, if you can't even look in the mirror and accept that that was a mistake you made, but you learned from it, then why should or would anyone else? If you are going to villainize yourself, no one else has to do it. You, you're doing that all on your own. But the moment you take to realize I'm a villain, I did something wrong, let me grow from it, that's respectable. That is something that I can appreciate and I can validate. Because people grow, people change, and people learn. But someone who is not willing to learn and someone who just wants to have a pity party all the time because they're the reason XYZ happened in their life, then quite frankly, I don't feel bad for you. Because you want to stay and wallow in your own doing. And you can acknowledge you have an error, wallow a little bit, and then move forward. No one's saying you're not allowed to grieve or that your emotions aren't valid. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is you can't allow your mistakes and errors and wrongdoings to consume you. Okay? You made a mistake. Shit happens. There's lapses of judgment. There's moments of weakness. But moments of weakness don't make a weak person. In the same way that a lapse of judgment doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you human. In that moment when you made that mistake, for whatever reason, you had your justifications, you had your reasoning, you had your XYZ as to why you were doing what you were doing. Does that mean you still stand by that reasoning or the way you executed things? No, it doesn't. Does that mean what you did was okay? No, it doesn't. Does that mean you do it again? I'd hope not. But at the end of the day, life is all about growth and experiences. And sometimes we have to have shitty and bad experiences in order to grow as a person. Unfortunately, sometimes we impose those shitty and bad experiences on ourselves. But I'm a firm believer that Every experience you have contributes to who you are as a person. Good, bad, happy, sad. It all cultivates you as an individual. So in my opinion, I think you can be a villain and that doesn't make you a bad person. I think that just makes you 
a person, (laughs) someone that's learning, someone that's growing, someone that's experiencing life and making mistakes as they go. Because quite frankly, there is not a play-by-play on life. There isn't a play-by-play on relationships. There isn't a play-by-play on friendships. There isn't a play-by-play on personal self-growth. There is no blueprint. You are your own blueprint. You are making it as you go. And to think that it's going to be perfect every time is just naive. And to think that you're never going to be the one in the wrong or the one who does the wrongdoing is also naive. Sometimes we may not even think we are the villain. Sometimes we move exactly the way we think we should, and that still causes damage and pain on someone else, or that still causes some collateral damage. And at the end of the day, you have to acknowledge that. In order to grow from being a villain at some point in your life or always having been the villain, you have to acknowledge that what you did was not okay. What you said was not okay. The way you acted was not okay. The way you carried yourself was not okay. And move forward. Acceptance is the first step. Change is the second. You know, punish yourself once. Like I said, acknowledge what you did was wrong, mope, be sad about it, and then grow from that experience. Every day should be you doing better. And that's not to invalidate any victims who feel like they were emotionally hurt, physically hurt, or just blatantly hurt by someone who was the villain in their life. That's not invalidating them because like I said, everything is perception. And even though in your head you did nothing wrong to someone else, you are the villain. And that's okay because what they feel is valid, but you also have a right to move on and continue with your life. You have a right to not be defined by a mistake or an error. You have a right to be happy to not always be the villain and not have whatever mistake or error you made define the entirety of you and who you are and what kind of person you'll be. People are allowed to leave and you should not take that personally. Sometimes when we make mistakes and errors, that causes people to leave and bridges to burn. And that is sometimes the hardest part about accepting villain behavior is knowing that you are the means to your end. Accepting that you're the reason why you are where you are or not with who you want to be. But you cannot take that personally and you shouldn't. Because people are allowed to leave. People are allowed to see you do something, hear you say something, and choose that that's not something that they want. And that that's not the kind of person they want to be around or whatever the case may be. People are allowed to leave. And the sooner you come to terms with that, the better off you'll be. Because if you cannot forgive yourself for someone's absence, then you're always going to feel unfulfilled. 
If every day is you moping and being sad because one mistake led to something or someone leaving or a bridge being burned, then you'll never grow. Because if you allow the way people perceive you and the way people's opinions are formulated on you to dictate your actions, you're never going to grow as a person. You're always going to be stuck in that same mindset and be consumed by what you think other people think about you or what you think other people feel about you. At the end of the day, no one knows what anyone's thinking or what anyone's feeling truly. And you don't know why that person left. Sometimes the things people do have more to do with themselves than the person they're doing them to. In the same way that sometimes when we are the villain, the shitty things we do have more to do with ourselves than the person we're doing them to. And that's why in the grand scheme of things, when the person we did them to leaves, we're so sad because we love that person or we cared about that person or we valued that person. But unfortunately, in that moment of lapse of judgment or lapse of decency and a moment of selfishness, we forget how much we love and care for and value that person. And that unfortunately, obviously, makes us feel a type of way that, like I said, can make it difficult to move on from a mistake and to view ourselves as anything other than a villain. It's not the end. That mistake you made, that person you hurt, that bridge you burned, it's not the end. It's not. What you do from this moment on is the indicator of what the end will be. What you decide to do moving forward from this mistake, from this chapter of you being a villain, from that moment of you being the antagonizer, that that is the end. That's what determines what your future will be. That's what says what kind of person you are. If you choose to learn and grow from that mistake and become a better person, that speaks volumes, far more than any mistake or error ever will. I brought up Jordan Woods because I feel like she's a perfect example of what I just said. She made a mistake. She fucked up real bad and unfortunately in front of the public eye. Do I know why she did what she did? No. Does it matter why she did what she did? Quite frankly, no. She did what she did when she did it because she felt like she wanted to, needed to do it. And that is simply just not my place. It's not my place to judge her. It's not my place to sort of rationalize why she did what she did or why anyone, quite frankly, does anything that they do. Because like I said, everything we do has more to do with ourselves than anyone else. We do things the way we do them because deep down, subconsciously, or maybe very blatantly, we know why we do it. For whatever reason, whether it's insecurity, jealousy, fear, rejection, anger, whatever the case is, a need for love, there's a lot of different reasons why people choose to move the way they do. And Jordan did what she did. Why? We don't know and it doesn't matter. But she took such a shitty moment 
And instead of letting the critics and the situation and the baggage of that situation determine her future and the kind of person she was going to be and determine the type of life she would live and the type of reputation she would carry for herself, she didn't. She prevailed. She took the shittiness of that situation and made it into something good. She totally, what is it, 360, 180'd her life? I think it's 180. Yeah, 180'd her life. She's in a happy relationship now. She clearly, I mean, from, again, this is just me perceiving. I don't know her personally. But she clearly is doing so much better now in her personal life. Does that mean we forgot about the mistake we made? Does that mean I forgot about the mistake she made? No. That is unfortunately going to be a part of her storyline, you know, and there's no changing that in the same way that there's no changing the mistake or error you may have made, and that will be a part of your storyline. But at the end of the day, when I look at Jordan, I don't think about what she did or what she didn't do. I think about who she is at this moment and what she did with what she had. And I think that's a lot more notable and memorable than any mistake she made. And I think the way you choose to carry yourself from that moment is a far greater indicator than any mistake is. I think at the end of the day, we just have to realize that as human beings, we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to hurt people. We're going to hurt ourselves. We are not meant to be perfect. And we aren't meant to always have everything we want or always be with the people we want. And sometimes our own mistakes will stop us from what we think we want or what we need. And a lot of times that's painful because mistakes can often lead to the loss of a lot of things. A loss of respect for oneself, a loss of friendships, relationships, a lot of things. And that can be hard because not only are you being, you know, destroyed by the people around you because of the error you made, but at times we ourselves are destroying the person in the mirror because we cannot fathom the mistake or error we made. But you have to realize everybody makes mistakes, some larger and a lot more catastrophic than others. But at the end of the day, we all make mistakes. And to allow a mistake or mistakes to define who you are and the type of person you will be is just foolish. It's a disservice to yourself. It's a disservice to the people you have yet to meet. It's a disservice to the people you hurt to not do better, to not be a better person. And to not choose to rise up to the occasion. You fucked up. Okay, so do something about it. Make amends. Apologize. Change yourself so that that mistake doesn't happen again. And if it does, then all you have to do is pick yourself back up again. No one's perfect, okay? Mistakes will be made. And... If you want to be better and you work to be better, 
how can I allow one mistake that you made or error that occurred to define the way I view you or define the way I view myself? Yeah, justice for Jordan Woods, but also justice for you. Because you deserve better than allowing a mistake to define you. You deserve better than allowing a moment in your life where there was a lapse of judgment to be the end-all be-all. You deserve better than that. And that's all I have to say about that. I think... Being the villain is hard for a lot of reasons, but I think being a villain is hard because, well, like I said, we are our harshest critics, and so if we can't even sympathize and find empathy for ourselves, how will anyone? So if you fucked up, if you made a mistake, if you hurt someone, do better. Do fucking better. Whatever that means. I don't know what you did. And perhaps they don't even know what you did. But you know what you did. And you know how that made you feel. And you know how that made that other person feel. So do better. Whatever that means. Like I said, apologizing, making amends, or just simply improving in your own personal life. Do what you have to do. Because even though it turned out that you were the villain... You don't have to stay the villain, okay? Okay, guys, all seriousness aside, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I know we ended off on a far more serious (laughs) note than we normally do, and I know this topic might have, maybe you agreed with it, maybe you didn't, but I said what I said, and I meant what I said. And I think this week, maybe take the time to just consider any mistakes you've made and whether you've grown from them and what you've done better as a person since those things. Because I think another very beautiful thing about everything is reflection and being able to look back and realize that you are not the same person you were at one point and at some point you won't be the same person you are today, which is awesome because that means you're changing and growing and hopefully for the better. Um, But yeah, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to follow us on social media at Brutally Unfiltered. Um, You can also follow my personal Instagram at Jessica Fuentes underscore. Please um, DM any topic suggestions or questions to my personal account or the Brutally Unfiltered account. Um, But yeah, I'll see you guys next week.